this is of Monsters in Crime. I'm Jordan. And tonight I'm drinking... Oh, shit. I left the bottle in the kitchen. It's um, Scorched Earth or The Last Earth or Three Earth. I don't know. Something Earth. Uh, it's a Syrah uh, red wine. Um considering renaming the podcast I'm a lush and I like murder <laughs> but uh so I'm drinking that um some current events I guess we can talk about their uh the mask mandate has been lifted in a lot of areas at least around here um I believe throughout the United States as well um it was really weird going into a gas station today and seeing, like, nobody have a mask on. Um, but I'm r really looking forward to going back to normal, uh, I guess. Kind of normal. Um, because that, it just wasn't fun. It was a, wasn't a fun year. Um... What else is going on? I'm not really sure, actually, to be quite honest. Uh, in the past two weeks, I I don't really know what's going on in the world. Um, and shame on me for not paying attention. But I've got other things to worry about. And I'm sure if something is important enough, um, I'll find out about it. Um, look, listen. Don't judge me, okay? Thanks. Uh, I suppose we can get right into uh, today's murder. Um, I will be doing The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood. And if you don't know who she is, um, she was an actress back in... Gosh, I have this written down. Um... I want to say the 50s, probably. Um, and let's just get into it. I'll, I'll give some background information. We'll dive right in. I'll talk about everything. Um, so tip back in your chair, put your feet up. Let's go. Uh, I just want to say that this one was requested by a listener. Um, it's also one that I'm pretty familiar with from listening to uh, the podcast that I listen to. And um, just uh, because she was a Hollywood actress. So it's, um, it's pretty well known. Um, and it's a complicated one. There's a lot of theory in it. Um, and I'm just doing kind of like a bare bones version. Um, I used Vanity Fair articles, Wikipedia. Um, there was a 48 hours episode called Death and Dark Water that featured um, this story. Uh, there's a million articles and videos available about it. Um, so the information is there and I used the information that was out there. Uh, so, born on July 28th, 1938, her real name was Natalia Zakarenko. 
probably butchered that. Um, she was born from Russian immigrant parents and was born in San Francisco. At age four, her mom pushes her into acting. She appears in a couple of films by the time she's seven. Um, people at RKO Pictures change her name to Natalie Wood uh, officially because they wanted her to sound more American. Uh, go figure. At eight years old, she was cast into the role of Susan Walker, which most of you probably know um, was Miracle on 34th Street. It was a huge role for her. Um, she was very real and very charming in that movie. She also plays a series of smaller roles and plays uh, opposite of James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause, which is also a great movie recommendation. If you have not seen that, I suggest you do. It's a great movie. Uh, it was so ahead of its time. Um, it wasn't like a 50s movie. Like when you think of movies made in the 50s, it 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 wasn't that. Um, when you watch it, you'll, you just, you won't believe it's just incredible. James Dean is incredible. Natalie Wood was incredible. Um, and it's a role that earns her best supporting actress nomination at fucking 16 years old. That's amazing. Um, and in her twenties, she was cast in a musical adaptation of West Side Story, which is also another incredible movie. Um, and the movie Gypsy. By the time she is 25, she is one of the youngest people to be nominated for three Oscars. Um, one of the biggest stars of her time. Uh, people watched her grow up. They got emotionally attached to her. They were completely enamored by her. Um, everyone just loved her. She had these big, beautiful brown eyes. Um, kind of like the girl next door charm look. Um, and in 1956, on her 18th birthday, 20th Century Fox set her up with Robert Wagner, thinking that their relationship would get uh, great publicity. Um, they ended up falling madly in love with each other. They get married a year later in 1957 and become Hollywood's royal couple. The media uh, scrutiny puts a strain on their marriage. So after five years of a rocky marriage, they divorce. Uh, after rumors of an alleged affair between Natalie Wood and co-star at the time, Warren Beatty, which they were in a movie called Splendor in the Grass together, which is another great movie recommendation. So people keep track of the movies that I'm recommending in this episode because there are some good ones. Um, so rumors of that, so Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood divorce, um, but it's rumored that the real reason that they split is because Natalie Wood walked in on Robert Wagner being intimate with another man. Like I said, just a rumor. Who knows? Not my business. Um, and in a lawsuit that she filed against him at the time, she charges him with mental cruelty. So who knows what that means, um, but that is the information that I gathered, so that's what I'm reporting in this podcast today. Uh, Susan Finstead wrote a 2001 biography, and she alleges that Natalie, and Natalie's sister Lana also confirms this, 
um, that she was raped by a powerful actor when she was just 16 years old at Chateau Marmont. Um, She went in, apparently, for an interview for a position and came out in tears having just been sexually assaulted. Um, They say who it is, but I'm not going there. Uh, You can look look it up. You can Google it if you want to know more information on that. Um, Lana says that her mother uh, told Natalie to keep it to herself and um, basically not to tarnish her career. So she was one of those moms who basically would do anything to keep her daughter's career going and to keep um, her good name, I guess. Um, So Natalie ended up keeping it to herself for many years. Um, During her first marriage, she's super insecure. Keep in mind, she was 18 years old when she got married. She has insomnia. She's unhappy. She starts taking sleeping pills. Um, She spends the next eight years talking to her therapist. She even would turn down roles uh, just to be able to... uh, talk to this therapist. She would go on lunch meetings. Basically, almost every day she would talk to this therapist. And, you know, it's kind of LA uh, lunch meeting um, therapy sessions. So basically like 15 minutes here and there. Um, But she spent eight years talking to this therapist. And uh, after that short relationship with Warren Beatty, um, so she did end up I don't know if I said this. She did end up having a short relationship with Warren Beatty after her divorce. Uh, He ends up leaving her to date a coat check girl. Uh, Natalie attempts suicide by swallowing a bunch of pills. Um, She's taken to um, Cedar sinai uh, Hospital. They do save her in time. Um... But uh, her biographer writes that she was always on the precipice of a crisis. And there's videos of her saying that, um, saying to her interviewers that her greatest fear is dark water and that she would drown in dark water. That was her greatest fear. Um, So Natalie and RJ, uh, Robert Wagner, uh, move on from each other. They both remarry. They both have children, and for about nine years, they do their own thing. About three months after leaving her second husband, um, RJ and Natalie get back together, and Natalie's fear of water has been highly documented. Um, When she was a kid, her mom takes her to a fortune teller, um, which this fortune teller tells her, that she will be a great beauty, but she should also be aware of dark water. Now, what I want to know is which fortune teller is this, because she knew what she was talking about. Uh, There's just a lot of movies where she had to get in the water and she's freaked out. She's just completely terrified of the water. She does, however, enjoy boating and sailing, despite her fear of the water. Um, So, her and RJ get back together. They end up remarrying on a yacht. So they eventually buy their own yacht that was called the Challenger, but they rename it to Splendor, which apparently uh, it's considered bad luck to rename a boat, which I did not know that. 
people. This is called foreshadowing, okay? Um, all the richy rich yacht owners right now are like, oh, I knew that. Oh, you and your yachty fucking yacht with your helicopter pad. Um, in 1981, we have a 43-year-old Natalie Wood. Uh, parts are going to younger actresses. Her career's waning a bit, but RJ, however, is kind of a hot detective, smoking guy, getting a bunch of TV roles. Uh, another show that I'm going to recommend right now is that he is in called Heart to Heart. It's H-A-R-T to H-A-R-T. Um, so check that show out. Uh, the marriage gets rocky again. She's worried that he's drinking too much. There's flirtations with other actresses on set. Uh, so her career is waning, but she finally gets a movie opposite Christopher Walken. And he was a snack when he was young. Like, damn, he was a snack and a half. Uh, so her last picture is with him, and it's called Brainstorm. And RJ decides to visit the set um, and notices chemistry between Natalie and Walken. And he writes in his memoir, at the very least, they were having an emotional affair. And in 1981, uh, it's a Thanksgiving weekend, she invites Walken to join them on the Splendor to go to Catalina, which sounds pretty awkward, but he goes along and... Um, um, her and Robert Wagner, Christopher Walken, and then their captain, uh, Dennis uh, Davern. Um, so it's just the four of them. So Captain Davern doesn't like Walken, like, immediately. They're openly flirting. Uh, Natalie and Christopher Walken are openly flirting. Um, but they leave around noon on Friday, on a Friday. Walken gets seasick. He goes into his uh, stateroom. Um... And when they get to Catalina, there were no moorings available, which a mooring is basically uh, a place where you dock your boat. Uh, so there, there weren't any places for them to dock their boat. So they had to drop their anchor, and if they wanted to get to land, they had to take a dinghy into uh, land. Um, and it was about a quarter mile off of Avalon, which... Um, is, I guess, an area uh, in Catalina. So at 5 p.m., they all go into town. The captain stays behind to make dinner. Um, they come back. They all get back on board, and Natalie and RJ start fighting because he wants to move the boat. The conditions are rough. Um, she wants to stay at a hotel because, again, she's terrified of the water, and it's choppy right now, and she just wants to get the hell out of there and go stay at a hotel. He refuses to uh, get a hotel, but he lets her leave with the captain. So um, the captain and Natalie stay at a hotel, which is completely innocent. They're just friends. It's just totally innocent. But she does confide in him, saying that she's thinking of divorcing RJ again. Um, she, the next day is considering going back to LA. Uh, she wanted to take a helicopter and just get the hell out of there. But eventually she goes back to the boat to smooth things over. Saturday afternoon, so we're, we're at Saturday, um, they go to a place called Ithsmith's Cove. 
It's a small community that caters to the yachtsmen, a.k.a. the rich people. Um, so Natalie and Walken go alone to a restaurant to have drinks. They're having a good time, and Robert Wagner shows up, gets super pissed that they're having fun. Um, and there's staff and there's other diners that witnessed and say that everyone was drinking heavily. There were uh, volatile behaviors uh, with Natalie, apparently she got drunk and she got mad at Robert. Um, she supposedly throws a glass at the wall and he has to hide her behind uh, his coat like when they're leaving because she's stumbling out. And again, she everyone knows who they are. They're Hollywood royalty. Um, so the restaurant manager ends up calling the uh, harbor master and says like, Yo, keep an eye on these drunkies. And at 10 p.m., uh, they go back to the Splendor. They open some wine. And this is according to um, Dennis, the captain. There's uh, openly flirting between Natalie and Walken once again. Uh, RJ ends up smashing a bottle of wine on a table. And this is a quote. Um, and he says, Jesus Christ, what are you trying to do? Fuck my wife quote from the captain um so Walken ends up going going to his room uh because how fucking awkward is that so natalie and robert then start fighting in their room and the captain says that everyone on the boat could hear the fight it was one of the worst fights that they've ever had there was stuff being thrown around um just yelling and screaming and everybody could hear everything um and Pretty soon, the captain feels the ropes on the dinghy being tugged on and um, the dinghy being untied. And then it's just silence. At 11.30 p.m., oh, keep in mind, everyone is shit-faced. They've been drinking at the restaurant. They came back to the boat. They were drinking there. Uh, so at 11.30 p.m., a shit-faced, probably, and sweatied and tousled Robert Wagner comes back up to the bridge and tells the captain that Natalie is missing and the dinghy is gone. And he's super casual about it. Um, he's all like, we got in a fight. She wanted to go back to the land. Uh, now, just a reminder that she's afraid of the water and she does not know really how to use or operate these dinghies. They're not just uh, dinghies that you paddle with an oar back to land like these are rich people dinghies that actually have like engines and motors um she didn't know how to use them so the captain says let's turn on a searchlight robert says not to worry about it and opens a bottle of scotch and finally after two hours they call for help and at 3 30 a.m the coast guard is called and uh the search goes into high gear and around 8 a.m. on November 26th, someone spots something bobbing on top of the water about a mile off of Blue Cavern Point, which is a couple miles from Smith's Cove. And it ends up being Natalie Wood's body floating face down. The only thing that she was wearing was a cotton nightgown, a red down jacket, and blue wool socks, which to me doesn't seem like something that uh, you would put on or uh it just doesn't seem like something you would wear 
if you were getting into a boat, like no shoes, but they were drinking. So, I mean, I guess maybe not a sober person, who knows? Um, when you're drinking all, everything goes out the window. So who knows? Uh, they find the dinghy and its ignition key is switched to off. The gear shift is in neutral and the oars are in locked position. Um, it's a small island. Um, so it's possible that he wasn't concerned um, just because he was like, you know, whatever, let her leave, let her learn her lesson. Uh, it's a small island. She'll be back or she won't. Who knows? Just whatever. She'll be fine. That totally could have been his thinking, too. We don't know. Um, anyways, Natalie Wood's death uh, was spread worldwide. The captain says that Wagner comes up with a story immediately of the night's events and tells everyone that they need to stick to the story. So, uh, walk-in included. They all say that they think she took the dinghy to shore, even though Dennis, the captain, says he knew that she was afraid of the water and didn't know how to use it. Um, there's no mention of the fight. Um, the shattered wine bottle, they say... Um, is from the waves. Um, so there's no mention of the fight or anything. And soon after the discovery of the body, RJ and Walken leave the island on a helicopter and leave um, Dennis, um, the captain, to identify the body, which to me is kind of weird. Um, but uh, there, it, it's Hollywood. There's major financial impact in this case. And there was probably someone behind the scenes um, telling people what to do and shut your mouth and um, that kind of thing. So uh, the autopsy shows multiple bruises on her arms and an abrasion on her left cheek. And the coroner explains that um, the bruises as superficial and probably sustained at the time of drowning. The coroner also concludes that she fell into the water while trying to board the dinghy, um, which could make sense. Um, there's also fingernail scratches found on the dinghy's side, kind of like as if she was trying to like hoist herself up from the water. So maybe she was like, fuck you, I'm out of here, fell in or something and tried to climb back in. And then being as drunk as it sounds like they were, that's totally possible that, um, that that was the scenario and that's what happened. It's easy to picture if you're shit-faced, you know. Um, also, uh, on the uh, toxicology report, it was found that she had motion sickness medication and painkillers in her system. And also that her blood alcohol level was 0.14, which is almost twice the legal limit um and she was you know she was a small a small woman so she was pretty drunk um so there's a two-week investigation and police rule her death an accident <laughs> captain dennis davern ends up leaving california for the east coast he starts uh, drunk dialing Lana Wood, which is Natalie's younger sister, in the 90s, which uh, 
if my brain processes this correctly, was probably like 30, 20, 20-ish, 30-something years later. And he's like, dude, I got to tell you the truth. So Lana starts to believe it, and she becomes one of RJ's harshest critics and accuses him of pushing Natalie into the water. Robert says that he thinks Natalie was trying to uh, possibly retie the dinghy and slipped, and then she hit her head, fell into the water, and that's what he wrote in his autobiography, actually. And as far as Christopher Walken, he has been super quiet and vague about it, and he basically just won't talk about it, but appears to believe that it was an accident. In November 2011, Dennis Davern comes forward and publicly announces that he lied to the detectives during the original investigation. Uh, LAPD then reopens the case and uh, a six-year investigation ensues. There's new detectives and they review the autopsy and find that she has head wounds that are super troubling and may indicate that she was in a violent fight and was pushed into the water while unconscious. Um, and they, they actually even say that she looks like a victim of an assault. Um, so they discover a key witness who is named Marilyn. And she was in a boat about 80 feet away. And her and her boyfriend heard a woman screaming for help around 11 p.m. They try to call the harbor master, but it goes unanswered. Um, so they, there was a party on a boat nearby, so they just assume, well, maybe it's partying. And that was, that was kind of that, the end of that. Um, in 2012, an autopsy report, uh, was amended to no longer classify it as an accident. And the death certificate actually is changed to show that it's a drowning and other undetermined factors instead of uh, accidental drowning, I believe is is what they initially had uh, on her death certificate and um, had uh, ruled that on the autopsy report as well. So it's now not accidental drowning, it's drowning and other undetermined factors. And in 2018, Robert Wagner is officially named a person of interest now, he's not a, uh, a suspect, but just a person of interest. The case actually remains one of Hollywood's biggest mysteries, and no one knows how she got in the water. Cops say they won't close the case, and uh, now it's labeled a suspicious death. Her daughter fully believes that it was an accident, um... Robert Wagner is actually her stepdad. Um, she is quoted saying that the little details don't matter. The results are the same. She died and she left when I was 11 and my sister was seven and we needed her. That's heartbreaking. She says she was hilarious. She was always so funny. She would walk into our house and everything would be better. If she walked into a room and it was sepia, it suddenly would be bright colors. Uh, Natalie Woods today would be 82 years old and a grandmother. And that is the mysterious death of Natalie Wood. Super heartbreaking. And um, it's sad that nobody knows for sure 
what happened and um I wish for some closure for this family and everybody involved. The poor woman just wanted some kind of normalcy. There's actually a podcast called Fatal Voyage, and the first episode is about Natalie Wood. Um, so if her case interests you at all, you should check that out if you want to know more. Uh, I do believe that her sister Lana is on there and talks about it. Um, also, I mean, poor Robert Wagner, too. Like, what if his theory about it is correct? He he mentioned that the dinghy would get loose and bang up against the boat, and she couldn't sleep when it was banging, so maybe she went to go fix it while she was up drinking with Dennis, and that would explain the no shoes. Um, but maybe she was a little drunk and was like, fuck everyone, I'm going to go fix this. I mean, there's so many elements of tragedy to this. We just we just don't know, and I don't know if we'll ever know. Um, but have you ever, like, fought with a drunk person who's like, oh, I'm going to drive home, like, I, I'm fine, drive. I'm sure we've all been there. Like, there's just a point where you're fighting, and then you're like, fine, just get away from me, just go. So who knows, and we'll probably never know. Um so that's that's this week's story. Um, uh, so we can talk a little bit about what I'm watching, or we. I I can talk because I'm. The, let's be real. I'm the only one talking here. I need a. I need to do another uh, co-host episode because I miss talking to people and having people talk back to me and like. Uh, yeah. So I'm watching. Um, I watched the first episode of a new series called Fall River, which was recommended to me. So thank you very much for that. I always love recommendations of new murder, mystery, true crime shows or documentaries. Uh, And it was super good. I can't wait for the next one, which actually possibly might be out now, but I haven't had time to check. I've been watching and doing other things. Uh, but the first episode that I watched was, um, about the, uh, satanic panic, which is another, uh, topic that really fascinates me. And I will eventually, uh, do an episode about the satanic panic and, uh, probably Charles Manson and all of that. Uh, I also started watching Sons of Sam on Netflix. I'm just a few episodes in, uh, but that's the story of David Berkowitz, which also I will have to cover that story in a future episode um, because as fucked up as it is, it's another quite fascinating one. I'm also watching a series called Who Killed Sarah? That's on Netflix. And... I'm not sure where this originated from, but I know that it is, uh, I want to say Spanish speaking, and then it's like English uh, dubbed over in English. Um, So that one's been pretty good too. Uh, I haven't finished that one. I'm maybe five episodes in on that one. And then uh, I have watched a few episodes recently of Murder Mountain, which is... um, a documentary about Humboldt County and pot farms and how 
some people go there and uh, wanting to start a new life or get into this whole uh, pot farming business and uh, basically are never, never to be seen again. So that one's also been pretty good. Um, as far as podcasts that I'm listening to, I kind of stick with like a few, uh, a, a few, like they're the ones that I always go to, um, mostly because I fall way behind. And then when I go to catch up with them, I can only like catch up with like three or four of them. Serial is a really good one to listen to. Um, Small Town Dicks is another one, and that one is hosted by Yardley Smith, who is Lisa Simpson on The Simpsons. Um, and that one's super interesting also. And then uh, there's one hosted by um, Paul Holes and Billy Jensen called The Murder Squad. And that one is super interesting as well. So I would give those three podcasts a listen if you're looking for uh, some new content. Um, uh, I've been trying to work on myself a lot more. Um, just trying to be more healthy, like mentally and physically, but mostly mentally. Um, a lot of self-care and self-love and for people out there struggling with this, like, just know that if you put all that love that you have towards yourself, like you'll see your life change. So keep that in mind. Like you are the most important thing. And <laughs> I've been drinking wine, so, uh, it's probably a little more emotional than I usually would get, but, but it's a good reminder to people, put all the love that you have towards yourself and your life will fucking change. Um, uh, so that's my fucking advice for everyone out there. <laughs> um, that's really all that I have to say. Uh, I really enjoyed doing this one. Um, it, it's a very interesting case and it's sad that it's still remains open, but I hope that, um, eventually something, some new evidence or something just to give the family closure. Um, and it's not unheard of. Look at the Golden State Killer. He was caught after what, 30 something years. And so these cold cases, they may seem like they're going to be cold forever, but that it, some are, but some aren't. Uh, so that's my hope. Again, please write into the podcast if you have a story you want me to read. I will read your emails on, uh, on an episode. Um, anything you want to share, if you have ideas, send them in and I will research them and I will uh, do a story about them. If you want to be a co-host, uh, I've got a lot of friends that I know are interested in, in being on the podcast. So eventually I will reach out to some of these people and we'll start having co-hosts, uh, which would be great for me having some dialogue with an actual person. Uh, so the email is of monsters and crime at gmail.com. 
And again, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, if you want to become a patron, um, the link, uh, the website for that is www.patreon.com slash of monsters and crime. And again, I thank you all for your support and for your love and, um, goodbye.